0: My name is Will Leach. I graduated from the University of Illinois and 1997 was when I left campus. 1998 is when the diploma says, while I was there, I was the editor-in-chief for a summer. But I was mostly a managing editor and sports editor of the Daily Illini. Now in the real world, I am a contributing editor at New York. Magazine, the founder of Deadspin, and the author of five books, including the Edgar-nominated book,
1: How Lucky. For our 150th anniversary here at the Illini Media Company, we're sitting down with 20 talented and successful alumni to talk about their experiences at the University of Illinois, the Daily Illini, WPGU, and the ILIO Yearbook. On April 9th, we inducted all 20 into the 2022 class of our Illini Media Hall of Fame. Will Leach is the founding editor of the sports blog Deadspin, which he ran until 2008, and is a contributor to publications including the New York Times, GQ, and Sports Illustrated. He's a contributing editor at New York Magazine, a national correspondent for MLB.com, and the author of five books. He also hosts several podcasts, including Grierson and Leach, a weekly film review podcast with his childhood friend, Tim Grierson. Today, WPGU program director Jay Sidney Malone speaks with Daily Illini alumnus and 2022 Illini Media Hall of Fame inductee, Will Leach.
2: So I wanted to get started by asking you a little bit about how you got to Illinois. Um, You're from Mattoon, uh, and I guess what brought you to u of i uh and what kind of made you make that decision in the first place
0: uh yeah so i grew up in uh, mattoon illinois 45 miles south Uh, we used to be in the same conference as champaign centennial and champaign central but uh, then we got then all of our residents either left or and all the factories closed so then we went to a smaller conference uh i grew up um rooting for Illinois sports teams in the most basic way. Uh, all the games used to be telecast live on WCIA, uh, CBS, uh, the local Channel 3 affiliate, no matter what. But as I got into college, excuse me, I got into high school, I knew I liked to write and I wasn't sure exactly how I would make that work when I went to college until I started watching on WAND 17 on five, five o'clock on Saturdays, Cisco and Ebert's. And Siskel and Ebert was uh, the, of course, the great show with uh, Gene Siskel, who didn't go to Illinois and therefore is lame, and uh, Roger Ebert, who did, of course, go to Illinois as a hero of Illinois. And I remember seeing Ebert, and he was so smart and he was so uh, intelligent and so funny. And so erudite about things that I did not understand as a as a 15 year old kid in Manhattan, Illinois, and thought, wait, that guy's from like where I'm from. I need to do what he did. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, he studied journalism in Illinois. I guess I'll study journalism and we'll see how that works. And it really was Ebert. It really was Ebert uh, to, the, to what Ebert pointed to. At the time i mean he was on i know that now people just think of him as a writer and he's obviously that's the thing he's best at but he was a huge celebrity that show was incredibly popular i mean him he was him and cisco were on letterman constantly like they were big stars and so i learned later that he was a writer (laughs) and and i thought oh i should do that maybe i can get on i can get out of central illinois and go do something and so Ebert was the North star, I think Uh, when you and I think when you you add Ebert uh, to Illinois basketball, I never had a chance. I was never going anywhere else. (laughs) To me, it was like Illinois was like the best possible school you could fathom going to. So the idea uh, that uh, I I, I always felt David Carr, the great journalist, uh, talked about how when he, he he when he got to The New York Times after working for alt-weeklies and smaller papers forever. He said he had the uh, the, uh, the what did he say? He said, oh, he had the zealotry of the recently converted. And uh, he would defend that paper to the end of his life because it meant so much for him to get there. It was not a backup job. It was not a, well, maybe I'll go here or maybe I'll go here. He was like, holy crap, I'm at the New York Times. That was how I felt about the University of Illinois and Daily Illini. I could not believe I was the first kid in my family to go to college. So the idea that. That, uh, well, I don't know, Illinois is one of my college options. Illinois was like the ticket out, man. So uh, I, I got there with the idea that uh, this was, the, I didn't know where I was going to go, but I knew the gate to get there was Illinois.
2: That's incredible. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that I know that feel the same way, that it's just there was some magnetism about this school. Uh, and there's something special. I don't know. I want to ask you about, uh, kind of once you got here, you you talk about kind of the, the zealotry of a convert, right? Uh, once you got to Illinois and, uh, you, you started working at the Daily Illini, uh, what did that mean to you and how did that affect your, your college experience?
0: You know, one, uh, Going back to Roger Ebert, one of my favorite Ebert lines, and he has so many great ones because he wrote so much. Right. Like like to me, that's if I follow Ebert in, in one thing, he has two great lines. My first the first his first great line is inspiration comes during the act of creation, not before, which is really a fancy way of saying, just shut up and start writing. Just shut up and start writing. Don't get, don't be like, ooh, am I feeling motivated? Am I feeling, hmm, am I in the right zone? Just shut up and start making something. You'll figure it out. And the second one is connected to that, which is at, at the Daily Aligny, he learned his three favorite words of the English language, which are by Roger Ebert. <laughs> and that is what I learned at the Daily Aligny is that I loved my byline and i don't and that that i that sounds i hope it sounds more self indulgent than i mean it what it really means is i discovered what it meant to have a to have your name stand next to something and to have people read it To be able to to look at the Daily Illini and to look at these words that are under my name and have to stand behind them, to have to be able to defend them, to have someone come up to you and say, I don't like what you wrote. And for you to be uh, how you handle that situation, for someone to say that I like what you wrote and how you handle that situation, to have something that's yours, that you've worked on with other people, a collective experience that you are the public representative of, that is... I mean, it was intoxicating, it remains intoxicating to this day. And that I got from the daily line. I learned how to work with a lot of other people. I got to, to have, there's nothing quite like it being 1230 on a, on a Tuesday night. And everyone's been there since I got out of class and they, and they've worked all today together on this one project and they've all come together at the end of the day and they've all signed out about signed off on it. And they've just, and they have, they've got it. Like, to every single one of those newspapers between like 1993 between 1993 and 1997 every it's got every little every paper has got a little bit of our sweat in it and a little bit of our blood in it and a little bit of our friendship in it a little bit of our rivalries in it and a little bit of our frustration and a little bit of our love all of that you got like this physical thing at the end of the day that it made it did not exist it did not exist until you and the people that you work with made it that's incredible and should not be forgotten or not and should not be taken for granted to be able to have something that whether you can physically touch or whether it's just got your name on that the name or your name or the people that you've worked with names that the people see and know that it's yours and they know it's a product of the things that you care about and the things that you stand for that's what the daily line i did for me i didn't know that existed until i got there a lot of it was written really poorly <laughs> because I was just figuring it out. But that is another great thing about the Daily Illini is, and any student newspaper is, you get to learn in real time what works, what doesn't, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you care about, what you're like, la- you don't care about that. To have that kind of cauldron where all that stew can be brewed and stirred and figured out what you're going to make, it's super exciting and it's still exciting today.
2: I want to ask you about kind of past University of Illinois and, uh, you know, kind of jumping into uh, the present in a way. As all the Hall of Fame alumni uh, inductees, we are, you know, looking at these like chronicled and storied pasts, a lot of people, you know, you've got a Wikipedia page that I could easily walk through and say like, okay, these are the important parts of Will Leach's life, but it's so much more interesting to hear it from you. Uh, in your perspective, what are like the, your favorite, your highlights from your career after the University of Illinois? Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the most important stuff. Maybe the stuff that meant the most to you.
0: Obviously, I think my, life, my professional life has to be divided before Deadspin and after Deadspin. I mean, two years before Deadspin, my job was answering phones at a doctor's office. <laughs> and I was really bad at it. I hope I didn't accidentally kill anyone. <laughs> like I was not good at it. Uh, but I needed to make a living because I was out in New York and I was doing a lot of writing. And I was writing constantly and working constantly. I just wasn't doing it for my job, but I knew I felt like I needed to stay in New York and do whatever it took to stay in New York. And so because of that, uh, because you're trying to catch your break. And listen, I was 30 years old. My parents, I was 30 years old. I'm living in a city that my parents are terrified of. <laughs> like they have no idea what the hell I'm doing out there. I'm answering phones at the doctor's office. Like what? That is not what the degree was supposed to put together. But I knew what I was doing. I didn't know if it was going to work out, but I knew what I was working toward. And I th- that's really important is to know that I didn't know. I did not know if it was going to work out. It's possible I could have been fifty years old, being like, "The break's coming. I got just in a couple more weeks." Um, it's possible that very well could have happened if, if Deadspin had not happened. But by the time the advantage that I had by the time the Deadspin happened, I was already thirty years old. When I was just about to turn thirty years old, when Deadspin launched, uh, on one hand, that's pretty old to be like an upstart blogger. On the other hand, uh, when Deadspin got really popular. It did not turn me into an asshole, or more to the point, it didn't turn me into more of an asshole than I already was. I was prepared to accept it. I understood that I caught a break. I understood that people were able to see my work the way that I wanted it to be made. They were able to see it like they were like I wasn't like they weren't seeing some compromised version. They weren't seeing some some you know uh, they they weren't seeing some focus grouped uh scrubbed out commercial enterprise they were seeing what I wanted to make because I was 30 years old and I realized this is my chance if I this doesn't work I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do uh so I was able to make it exactly the way I wanted to and then when it got popular I wasn't like well of course it got popular I'm so great because I just starved for like 10 years and so because of that the everything I've been able to do after Deadspin I think I've done a lot of great work since Deadspin I would argue uh, my work since Deadspin been has been much better than my work at Deadspin. I feel like I've gotten better. I feel like I've improved. But I also understand that, like you know, the if I if I uh, if I were to to f- suddenly get like a brain bleed and collapse on this floor right now, uh, the headline of that piece, the first paragraph of that obituary, well, well it would probably be like, "Man stains carpet." but um uh, in addition to that it would be will leach comma founder of deadspin I left Deadspin in 2008. It has been a while since I left Deadspin, but I also understand that I created something that, until November 2019, when it died in, was never referred to again. Uh, was lasting and affected a lot of people and meant something for a lot of people. And um, and I've been able to get other opportunities. Like I left there to go to New York Magazine. I still write for New York Magazine today. I to the I, I when when they're selling the book, they're like, "This is the novel by the founder of Deadspin." I'm aware of all of that, and I'm proud of the work that I did there. But I would say that what you're looking for, particularly at that time, uh, around that age, is you're looking for your break. And when it happens, you're ready for it and you take advantage of it. That to me was what Deadspin was. I don't think it's the best work I've ever done, but it was good work and it was good work at a very, very pivotal time. Uh, that uh, I've been able to benefit from every single day. Uh,
2: What was the experience you had while at Illinois that best prepared you for your career? Could be a class, professor, RSO, internship.
0: The best thing that prepared me for my career was probably the awful edit board meetings. We had these awful edit board meetings every Sunday where uh, everyone would get together, the columnists and the editors at noon on Sunday, and it was it was basically early proto Twitter. You would just like have red meat topics, and you toss them out to the room, and then you'd have your really really extreme right wing columnists, and you'd have your really really extreme left wing columnists, and they'd all yell at each other and fight at each other, and all of us editors are just like, we have to put out a paper today. Today, can we just? like resolve this somehow so we can figure out what the official paper stance on this and we can go actually make something and do something. To deal with often unreasonable but extremely avid and fervid people basically sums up what it likes it's like to live in 2022 is uh, uh, to try to find some sort of consensus among people who defiantly do not want to find it. It, it, it made me realize a lot of people are just a lot of people are um, will filter their loneliness and need to be heard through extreme positions would probably be the best way to put it. And it allowed me to not see them as, bad people or not see them as unreasonable people or crazy or anything, but just to recognize that they're in fact quite lonely and just want to be heard. That's a huge skill that comes in handy uh, these days when you do literally anything online. So uh, I would say that would be a, that, that was a big thing I got from the Daily Line.
2: So the next question is, uh, what is one thing you had to learn the hard way as a professional in your industry that you wish you would have known as a student working in student media? Maybe things that are like advice for current students at IMC.
0: Um, nobody actually cares. (laughs) That's actually the best advice I can give to anyone that I did not know in college. I believed that every word that I was writing in college was of the utmost importance, uh, was just as important to everyone else as it was to me. And therefore I was very self-serious about it. And that, uh, a, that made me insufferable, uh, but B, it made me very unhappy because people don't, care people have their own lives going on they have their own things that they care about i'm kind of glad i didn't know that uh when i was in college because it might have made me less ambitious it might maybe be like oh i would just work my ass off and nobody really cares but me but it's a really really important lesson the only person that really really cares about what you're doing is you so you have to please that person you have to be very critical of that person. You have to be self-aware. You have to know your weaknesses. You have to know your strengths. In college, I believed that every word I wrote, even the ones that weren't great, were so important and everyone saw it and people don't care. And why would they care? Why would anybody care as much as I care? And once you realize that, Uh, it, it it may uh, not only does it make you a little bit more sane, I think it makes your work better. I've seen it happen to people that are either writers or artists or creatives or musicians. They get so caught up in the work that they're doing that they believe the world should stop every time that they make something. The world does not care. And if you want, and, and you have to please yourself. And if you please yourself, you will find some people that are pleased by your work but if you're trying to make
2: everybody care, you're gonna go insane. So my last question uh, is what was the biggest takeaway you got from your time at Alana Media Company?
0: College taught me to be engaged with the world. The newspaper and Daily Illini taught me to be engaged with the world and to recognize that I had a spot in it, that I had things to contribute, that I had things to learn, that, that, that listening to people that were different than me and knew more than me and were smarter than me and could teach me things. I look back at like someone like Dave Eggers, a fellow I media uh, person, and I'm such a better writer from Dave Eggers, even though I've never met Dave Eggers because I've just read his work and I've been introduced to the world that he makes and creates. And that is really, really exciting to me. That's what the Daily I introduced to me was being able to discover that the world was so much bigger than I ever had any idea and that it would let me be a part of it. And it would let me, uh, I, I, people wanted to hear my stories and people wanted to hear how I was different and what I had to say. And, and that the things I had to say were better when I was listening to them and discovering what they were doing. Uh, college itself was not necessarily my time, but the daily Illini was my time. I was good at that. I was good at that. I was engaged. I had a whole, Salon of people to be able to meet and listen to and rattle stuff off and tell me interesting things and listen to interesting things that I had and tell me I was stupid and I could tell they were stupid. I could tell me I was right and I could tell them they were right to have like that place. That is really, really hard to find. Like most of the time you work with people because you all just landed at the same place. And that's just where you work now because, hey, they needed a 401k and they needed to get this job and they're working to here. The Daily I was a place where people were there because they wanted to, be there and they wanted to make things and learn things that is super super hard to find in the real world and so whenever i come across people like that or experience like that i often think of the daily line and think about how rare it is to have that and how lucky you are to be able to come across
2: it. yeah absolutely incredible the power of student media absolutely uh that's all my questions will uh, i really appreciate you taking some time to speak with me